0: The message is entitled, The Gift of Disappointment. The Gift of Disappointment. Have you ever been disappointed at Christmas? No. Ever uh, found things not just go as perfectly as you thought? I have mentioned the word disappointment, I think, every morning in Advent, as we've been, as a church, going through some of Isaiah as an Advent series, and I've mentioned disappointment again and again and again. And the question I would ask you is, are you disappointed? Are you disappointed? Um, Because it might just be a gift. As we progress through this short message, you'll, you'll understand where I'm coming from. At Christmas time, sometimes there are disappointments. You know, you're putting up the tree and your favorite bauble that you've had for about 20 years that you bought on the other side of the world drops on the floor and smashes and you're disappointed. Uh, or your house doesn't look like the houses in the magazines. You know those Christmas magazines that come out around November time every year in these stunning houses and you put up all your decorations, You know, and take a look around and think, yeah, not this year. Or maybe you have had the disappointment of sitting on Christmas Eve, looking out the window at the driveway, waiting for the delivery van. (laughs) And the delivery van doesn't come at one o'clock and doesn't come at two o'clock. And you're starting to think, I have to go to (laughs) Rushmere. And uh, that can be the mother and father of all Christmas Eve disappointments, having to go there. What the word literally means is to lose your appointment. And in old-fashioned speech, to be disappointed was to get the sack. You're appointed to a job, and then if you lose your job, you're disappointed again. And you're out, and you've no money, and you've no pay. To to, to be disappointed is maybe to lose your appointment that you had planned to meet somebody, or you'd planned to do something good And then whenever it got cancelled or it fell through or the person didn't turn up, you were disappointed. You had a disappointment. That's, that's what the word, that's where the word comes from. For those of you that like a bit of live music, how many times in the last few years have you got that email and the gig's been rescheduled and your tickets are still valid and the gig's been rescheduled and your tickets are still valid? Disappointment after disappointment. And the dictionary definition of disappointment is sadness caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. Sadness caused by the non-fulfillment of one's hopes or expectations. It's keenly felt at Christmas because I think we, we start the year, a lot of the time we looked into 2022 and we thought about all the things we had hoped for. Or that we had expected. And now we get to the other end of it. And some of us are disappointed. Keenly felt at this time of year. I said in the first Sunday of our Advent series that, from what I gather, not many people are waving goodbye to 2022 and hoping that 2023 will be just as good. Because for a lot of people, 2022 has not been good. It's been a challenging year. And I want to look at two biblical stories briefly tonight where there is disappointment. And I want you to see how that disappointment, if we respond to it correctly, it can become a gift. Amen. The first one is a couple on a journey. And you're maybe thinking, I know where we're going. We're going to Bethlehem. We're not. (laughs) We're going to Emmaus. In Luke chapter 24, there are a couple of disciples... (coughs) who are on the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And Jesus has been crucified. He has risen from the dead, but they don't know it. One of them's called Cleopas, and the other one is not named, but is probably his wife. And if it is his wife, Luke is doing some amazing stuff based on Genesis 1 and 2 and 3, but we can't do that tonight. And these disciples are are walking along the road. Their hopes have been dashed. Their leader was dead. As far as they were concerned, Jesus was dead and everything was over. They're disappointed. They are dejected as they walk along the road. They are not looking to the scriptures and they are not looking to the community of faith. And this is what we do when we're disappointed. We go off on our own. (laughs) Like these two They left the disciples in Jerusalem. They left the community that they had walked with for three years with Jesus. They left them and they headed off on their own into isolation. A dangerous thing to do when you're disappointed. And they were confused in their minds about what had happened. But Jesus goes after them. All right. Jesus goes after disappointed people. He goes after people who have isolated themselves and are heading off away from Jerusalem to a different place. He goes after those who are confused about what has happened. And Jesus catches up with them on the road. I can imagine, you know, they're they're walking and and he can see them and he sort of starts to speed up a wee bit and then trot a wee bit. And gradually he catches up with these two and he starts to chat with them and they still don't know who he is. They don't recognize him. You see, folks, when we are disappointed, when life has not worked out the way we hoped it would, sometimes then we fail to recognize God, that he's right with us, he's right beside us, he's near, but we can't recognize him because disappointment has started to cloud our thinking God becomes unrecognizable. Jesus draws near to them and he asks them a question. This is what you find when you read your Bible. God and Jesus, they ask questions all the time. They come along people and the way they provoke thought and conversation is with a question. And Jesus says to these two on the road, what are you talking about? What are you discussing? What are you, can I join in and chat with you? And they say to him, we're talking about the things that, that happened in Jerusalem. And he says, what things? <laughs> he just, he's being mischievous. But he's trying to get into their hearts and get into their thinking. And they describe what has happened. And there's a really important phrase that they use as they describe what happened in Jerusalem. They say, we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. We had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. You see, these two on the road to Emmaus had an idea of what Jesus would be like. They had an idea of what he would do. And their idea of what Jesus would do is that he would basically boot the Romans out of Jerusalem and set God's people free from oppression. That was their understanding of what the Messiah would do. But they were wrong. But... Before we go on, I want to just focus on, on three words there. We had hoped. You know, how many as we look back at 2022 and we say, we had hoped. What would you fill in? We had hoped. Maybe a relationship would change. Maybe a, a job situation would improve. Maybe financial stress would be relieved. Whatever. We had Hoped and those things still have not come to pass. And what Jesus does is he confronts them, and it sounds a bit harsh, you know. They're disappointed, they're discouraged, they're isolated from the rest of the church, heading off down the road, and Jesus comes and he says to them, How foolish you are. Sometimes we need to hear that. He says, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And what he does is, and this is the gift, and you'll see it again in the next example as well. This is the gift. In our disappointments, if we will allow Jesus to direct us back to an accurate understanding of who he is, then our disappointment is a gift Because what we do is we drift away from an accurate picture of God. We start to conjure up our own picture of what we think He should be like. And when He doesn't do what we think He should do, then we're disappointed. And Jesus takes them to Moses and all the prophets, and He explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning Himself, the Messiah that they had expected who they thought would come and boot out the Romans and set Israel free, was not a biblical picture of the Messiah at all. And I wonder sometimes, where do we base our views of God? God made us in His image, according to Genesis 1. He made us in His image, and the intention was that we would be like Him. But what we've done sometimes is we flip it around And we make God in our image and we expect God to be like us, which means all the things that I want, God should want. All the dreams that I have, God should fulfill them. All the prayers that I pray, God should answer positively. We project onto God what we want him to do instead of having a biblically informed picture of who he is. And because of our wrong expectations, we end up disappointed. But as Jesus speaks to them, their hearts begin to warm. As they listen to him, as the gift comes in their disappointment, the gift comes of their picture of him being brought into alignment with the truth of God's word. And as that happens, hope starts to rise within them again. Their hearts begin to warm. And whenever Jesus looks like he's going to leave and go somewhere else, they urged him strongly, stay with us. For it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. There, see, on our part, there has to be an urgency about laying hold on Jesus and saying, Jesus, stay with me, abide with me, speak to me. There, there has to be that compelling and that constraining of him. They still did not know at this point who he was. All they knew was that as he spoke to them, they could feel their hearts warming again because they were getting their picture of God brought back into alignment with the scriptures. And this took time. It took time to complete the journey. It took time to find somewhere to eat. It took time to prepare a meal, to wash everybody's feet and to sit down Because church, it takes time to do community. And what these two had done was they had drifted away from community into isolation. And now they're taking time to focus back on sitting down again around a table with Jesus to have their hearts set ablaze once again by him revealing who he is. Sometimes we're so busy. Imagine all of the ways that God could reveal himself. And he reveals himself in a meal. But sometimes we're so busy, we don't even slow down to do the simple mundane things and to be aware of God with us in them. So that's the first disappointment story. These two on the road to Emmaus. And the gift that Jesus brought them was the truth from the scriptures about who he was. There's another one a prophet in the wilderness. We heard his name mentioned there in the reading that Linda did from John chapter one. His name was John. He was Jesus' cousin. And he declared himself to be the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. About three weeks ago, Sunday morning, we spent the morning in Isaiah chapter 40. We read these verses in Isaiah. And this guy called John, not John who wrote the gospel, but John the Baptist says, that's me. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. He is the last of the prophets. He is the only prophet who actually got to see Jesus, got to see the fulfillment of the promises. He's the great herald who said, behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the one who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. He gave his whole life to preparing people for the coming of Jesus. But then his circumstances changed. He got in the face of an evil king who was living in an unrighteous manner regarding his lady. And John got in his face and he said, what you're doing is wrong. And the king threw the toys out of the pram and threw John into prison. And as he's in prison, he sends a message hears about what what jesus has been doing what the messiah has been doing and he sends a message to him sends his disciples to ask him and here's the question he asks now i want you to remember this is john the baptist for those of you tonight that are disappointed john the baptist got disappointed okay this is the guy who gave his whole life to setting up jesus This is the one who leapt in his mother's womb whenever Elizabeth and Mary met each other. And John the Baptist in prison sends a message to Jesus, who he has given his life for, and says, Are you the one? That's unreal. Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? He is disappointed in Jesus. You ever felt that? He's disappointed in God. Why is he disappointed? Like the ones on the road to Emmaus, he's disappointed that Jesus has not whooped the Romans and driven them out of Jerusalem, but he's also disappointed personally because he's in prison. And John, if I could put words in his mouth, I'm pretty sure he would say something like this, if you are the Messiah, then why am I in jail? You ever felt like that? Disappointed with Jesus disappointed with God. If you are the Messiah, then why am I? Again, you fill in the blank. Why am I in this place that I am in? I follow you. I worship you. I adore you. I serve you. Why am I? Whatever. And John is profoundly disappointed because he's in prison. And he's not so much disappointed about what Jesus is doing. The the message comes back. Jesus says, go back and report to John what you hear and see. And those of you that know uh, Isaiah, and we don't have time tonight to go to it, but what, what Jesus has done here is basically got Isaiah's greatest hits and mashed them all together into his response to John. And he says in Matthew 11, verse 5, The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. John doesn't have a problem with all of those things. What John has a problem with is the fact that he's in prison. (laughs) He's like, that's great, raise the dead and heal the sick, but get me out of here. (laughs) Why should I be here? I've given my whole life to you, Jesus. I eat locusts, man. I live in the desert and I wear strange clothes and I've done it for you and you're just letting me languish in this prison. And what what Jesus basically says to John is, I am the coming one, but listen, church, I'm not going to do it as you expect. I'm going to do it my way. And John, John gets this invitation to trust Jesus and to understand that Jesus' way of doing things are different from John's way. Isaiah, the section that we've been at on Sunday mornings, ends with this amazing chapter, chapter 55, and God says through Isaiah to his people, this is the message version, I don't think the way you think. I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. See, behind all of our disappointments, if we drill down into them, behind our disappointments is frequently a wrong expectation of what God will do or who God is. Blessed are those who don't stumble over God's way of doing things and God's timing of doing things. And as I draw to a close, I would ask, where is Jesus not fulfilling the expectations of your life? Where is he moving too slowly for you? You see, the temptation when that happens is is for you to look elsewhere, for you to look for another savior, for you to project onto God what you think he should be like. And that only leads to another cycle of disappointment. God has made you in his image to reflect what he is like. Don't try to return the favor, okay? Don't try to make him in your image because it will always disappoint you. Disappointment is a gift if it drives us back to the scriptures to get an accurate understanding of who Jesus is. The more you base your life on what the scripture reveals about him, the more you will find a life that is not wallowing in disappointment all the time whenever our expectations don't come to fruition. The verse that Linda finished with was this one. And it's a strange verse. When you look at it, when you think about it, it sounds like there's a mistake in it. No one has ever seen God, but the only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. How on earth can God be at the Father's side? That sounds wrong. But that second line, as I have it on the screen, That's Jesus. No one has ever seen God. And John is intentional how he writes this. No one has ever seen God, but the only God who is at the Father's side has made him known. In other words, Jesus has come to explain to us what God is like. And if you get your Baseline, if you get your benchmark, your view, or your understanding of what God is like from anywhere else other than who Jesus is, you will be disappointed. Because you will project onto God what you think He should do, and when He doesn't do it, then your faith will be shipwrecked. And you see it happening over and over and over again. And the gift that Jesus brings in our disappointment is. Allow him to draw alongside you. He's following. If you're disappointed about 2022, Jesus is following you down that road. And he wants to walk with you. And he wants to open up the scriptures concerning himself and get you realigned with who he is. If you're like John and you find yourself in a scenario or situation, you're like, why am I here? Jesus, if you're real and you're powerful and you can raise the dead and you can heal the sick and you can do all these things, then why on earth am I stuck here? Jesus to John gave him Isaiah over and over again and said, John, my, my ways, my ways of doing things are not the same as yours. My time frame is not the same as yours. And the invitation is to trust and the greatest gift that I can offer you tonight if you are disappointed is the call to get back into the word of God and to behold once again Jesus and allow him to become your calibration into a right view of who God is. Let's pray before we sing again. Father, thank you that you meet us in our disappointments, Lord. Thank you, King Jesus, that you follow us down that road as we turn and walk away from the community who would support us, as we turn and walk away from the promises you have made, that you follow us down that road. I pray, Father, for those who are here tonight who are disappointed at the end of 2022. Lord, I ask that you would meet them, that even as they get a bit of a break from work, a bit of peace over the next Weak maybe at some stage that they would sit down with your gospel, Lord, and get their eyes fixed on Jesus and get a, a perfect and a correct understanding of who you are, Lord. That their hearts will warm once again and that hope will rise once again and their disappointment will not be something that they will curse, but it will be something that they will be thankful for because in it, the gift has been brought to them. Jesus has walked with them once again. Bless your church, I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.